Hey, this is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Sox Podcast with Matt Caval, Matt LeBeau, and Jack Webster. Can you believe it? I just came to say goodbye. I'm in the corner watching you kiss Buenos noches, amigos, and welcome to another episode of Not Another Socks Podcast. I am Jack Webster here with Matt Galveo and Matt LeBeau, as always. Uh, we are still locked out with no end in sight. That's right. We are still locked out. Like you said, no end in sight, Jack. But uh, we got some good news. We got some good news with the Hall of Fame uh, voting. And uh, that's obviously one thing we're for sure going to start off with. But uh, yeah, not good news as far as CBA goes so far. But um, but we got some good news, though, with, uh, with our guy getting in the Hall. Yeah, um, the lockout is uh i mean baseball's taking a hit let's be honest you know we got the lockout we got the hall of fame voters um no bonds no clemens um meanwhile the nfl is <clears throat> just absolutely destroying it so yeah um it's a tough it's an uphill battle for baseball but i mean we did get some at least some news on the the lockout front so they're talking you know some things are progressing so we'll see that that's all we can do is wait I just uh, wish Rob Manfred was as good at rigging baseball as Goodell at rigging football because he did an A-plus job over this last weekend. I mean, I'm only like a casual fan, but even right. I was watching, you know, all those games go down, and I was like, man, this this is like WWE wrestling. I don't know how real it actually is right. at the end of the day, but I'm just going to pretend that it is and yeah. really enjoy it. Yeah, Vince McMahon couldn't have scripted it any better. Yeah. My theory is that Rob Manfred is actually a sleeper cell for like the NBA or the NFL to sabotage baseball because yeah. there's a spot for the number two most popular sport in America. And I think it, it should be the MLB. Um, some think, you know, it's the NBA, but I think that the, the MLB has the best chance to take the spot. But Manfred here, he, you know, he has the blackouts. We have the Hall of Fame voting, which is an absolute disaster. We have the lockout um, and so many other issues that have been handled so poorly by his administration. So, yeah, um, the, yeah, I think the NFL and the NBA are paying him a lot of money to sabotage the MLB. Right. Yeah. I don't even think he's that competent, though. Like, I feel like they sent him out to do it and he's trying to ruin it. And then he's just kind of like... <sighs> tripping on the same banana peel four times in a row, <laughs> trying to catch his balance every time. It's it's quite the circus act. Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, Mario he, Kart, dude. He keeps tripping <laughs> slipping on the bananas there. That's right. It's like yeah, it's like the same one and then you get fucking struck by lightning and then you're tiny yeah. and then all of a sudden you're in fucking eighth place. Then you get hit by the bullet and then you're yeah, done. And and then fucking Yoshi laps you and then it's just it's just nunites, you know? That's what's happening with, with Manfred right now. He's he's going nunites. Yoshi just lapped Rob Manfred. Yeah. And fucking Toad is not too far behind him. So <laughs> the the panic button has been hit for the Rob Manfred in Oh yeah. No, don't worry. He's gonna make it into the Hall of Fame though with no worries at all, just like his buddy uh Bud Selig um made it in with no no question uh, about his actual resume like if you're the commissioner of baseball you will make it into the hall of fame 
above some of the best players of all time. Yeah, which is absolutely ridiculous. And the other thing is that Bud Selig knowingly allowed guys to take steroids and swept it under the rug for so long. And then you're going to come back as the MLB and say that these guys aren't deserving. Like someone made a really good point about that. Like if you're going to if you're going to allow them to do steroids for that long period of time, then you can't come back and then say they don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's so, so ridiculous. Yeah, and he absolutely benefited from the Maguire-Sosa home run chase in 98. I mean, baseball was just coming off a strike, and uh, that really regained a lot of popularity, made it the number two sport in America. And I mean, especially during the summer when there's no football, that's what the attention of everybody was on. And that was the beauty of steroids. And I think that not only should we make steroids legal in baseball again, but uh, mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we've said it we've said it before that uh, you know you should uh, take steroids. That's uh, you know we we've given that advice a few episodes back. So um, I think uh, yeah I think the MLB should take a page out of our uh, out of our book. Maybe we'll send them the link to the episode and uh, you know they can listen for themselves and you know they can put that mandate in for the players. Yeah, for sure. I think that that's a really good idea, Matt. Good point. Um, I definitely think that if you're a kid and you're deciding on between doing steroids and not, I would definitely do them. Um, I think that's obvious. I mean, look at, do you want to be as cool as Barry Bonds? Of yeah. course you do. Um, but as a baseball player, like another good point that was made, it's like, if you tell me that I could get generational wealth by taking steroids, then I'm sorry, you're going to do it. Like everyone's yeah. going to do it. That's why like, dude, the guys that, got caught, got caught. The guys that didn't get caught didn't. Doesn't mean they didn't do it. You know, they just didn't get caught. Right. Uh, were some guys clean? Yeah, I'm sure. You know, yeah. but... Nerds. Some, yeah, nerds. Yeah, the nerds of basers. Virgins. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But dude, imagine um, the guys back in the day that were just doing like God knows what. Like, you don't even know what they were doing back in like, you know, 70s, 80s. Like... Oh, Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. No, I mean, you mentioned that, like, you know, obviously taking steroids might make you more money, too. But it also makes you a good teammate because it makes you better at this sport where you're trying to win the World Series. Like, you're being selfish if you don't take steroids uh, and you don't want your team to have the best chance of winning because, you know, the other guys are taking steroids. It's all fine at right. the end of the day. Right. right. Yeah, that's I, a great I just, point. I, I'm really struggling you know, I'm someone who is impartial. Uh, I'm really struggling to find the downsides of the steroid use. If, if, we, had a, could, if, if yeah. we had a pros and cons list, the cons list is looking real slim right now. Yeah. Hot seat cons. Cons, Hot yes. Hot seat is cons right now. Cons for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're trying to make a list of like why you should break up with them. And, you know, you, you start seeing just one side pile up a whole lot more than the other. And, you know, you end up taking steroids and you end up looking really cool and smoking cigarettes. And, uh, you know, eventually you can become president of the United States. Yeah, that's right. That is the path. That yeah. is the path. Yeah. So I think, you know, this is the way <laughs> I mean, right. yeah, well, we if like the rock were to become president, then I mean, that's he's a roided out freak or like yeah. Schwarzenegger. Like he could be, he could become president. I don't know, but he he might be past his prime now. But no. I, I was gonna say, I don't, I think that whole being born in America thing might hurt Schwarzenegger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. 
Yeah, but if anyone can change the rules, it'd be him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, 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 you know, I would say the presidents, all presidents do drugs. So it's either you do cocaine or steroids. So right, right. now, all of our presidents have chosen cocaine. But if we have like The Rock, then his drug would be steroids. Right. So. Right. And look at how big he is, dude. Yeah. yeah. He, you talk about generational wealth. I mean, God damn. Yeah. This guy started out as a wrestler and now he's just doing everything. Yeah, I know. Wild. What a guy. Yep. Yeah. Next thing you know, he'll be the fourth host on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. If you are listening, you have an open seat. Yeah, big Red are. Sox guy, and Little Wayne. Yeah, know who the only guy who didn't take steroids is? David Ortiz. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yep. he never did. There, there he is no did. way that you can prove David Ortiz actually took steroids. It's literally impossible to actually prove it because he no, did. And that's the thing, like Ortiz showed up on a, on a test uh, for a banned substance that was never known in 2003. And that's when they were doing, like, they were testing for everything. Like, dude, he, he could have showed up for, uh, like, it could have been a Chili's 2 for 20. Like, you don't even know. He could have like, just ate a chicken crisper. Had, yeah, it could have just been a chicken yeah. crisper. Shout out Chili's. I just, just had some myself. Like, it could have been literally, and it could have been a creatine. It could have been, like, BCAAs. And then they tested him religiously after that, after 2003, which, mind you, that's when he was actually good, after 2003, which yeah. they were testing him constantly, and he never failed another test. So, no, David Ortiz did not do steroids. No, so it even goes beyond that. He wasn't in the initial Mitchell report that was supposed to be anonymous in the first place. Um, but he, he, I think, well, it was 2009 when his name was anonymously attached to it by some leaked source. But MLB was still never able to actually release any of the documents because they were, uh, you know, anonymous. And they weren't even able to give Ortiz any of the uh, documents because they were anonymous. So there's really no way to prove it. There's, you know, over a dozen false positives that came out of that as well so the entire report is just basically useless if you're trying to villainize somebody or you know trying to prove that they actually did steroids there's no way they could hold up in any actual court of law and there's no way that you should actually count it towards a failed test because they didn't fail a test it was a survey like they didn't you know, get suspended. They didn't get in any trouble. This is just to kind of see where the state of baseball was at. And it wasn't supposed to single out players. It was supposed to just see a all around, all around league census in a way. Right. But then like anything else, they always found a way to just flip it and, you know, start trying to tar target like single players, which. Yeah. You know, yeah. but again, what, what I just, what I fail to understand, right. is like, and this goes for Clemens and Bond, too, where their cases were obviously way more significant. But Clemens had a Hall of Fame resume far before steroids were even around in the sport. Same thing with Barry Bonds. Ortiz had obviously rigorous tests all through from 2004 to 2016. He retired his best years. That's when he was an absolute superstar. And he never once tested positive. So worst case scenario, if David Ortiz tested positive for steroids in fucking 2002, then who gives a shit? That's what I, I just don't I just don't understand. Yeah. It doesn't the, the it's like if you want to maybe blackball a guy because obviously steroids was impacting his his you know performance 
or maybe he got suspended and hurt his team, like like a Robinson Canal. How many times has Canal been suspended now? Yeah, PEDs. So it's like that hurts his team, right? I think that's that's a valid point. But Clemens, Bonds, Ortiz, no, these guys are they should be in hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it's and it's crazy. I mean, um, like LeBeau, like you were saying with Clemens. I mean, this guy was like one of the most dominant pitchers, if not the most dominant pitcher, you know, for like a ten year stretch. Um, yeah. and then the same thing with bonds. I mean, it's crazy how the guy who literally leads, uh, the MLB and all time home runs is not in the hall of fame, which is supposed to be, you know, a history of the sport. And the guy that literally leads, uh, the all time home run list is not in there, which is, it's crazy. It is. No, I mean, it, it's an injustice to the sport. I mean, I know that someone, uh, the all-time hits leader, uh, Pete Rose, is also not in. That is a little different. There were hard rules against gambling right. where it said you're banned for life. And, you know, he hasn't done himself any favors to, you know, overturn that either. So right. yeah, he's putting himself in a little bit of a hole. But someone like Barry Bonds, it's really just because, or I shouldn't say just because, there are a lot of people that, you know, hold their foot down, no steroids ever, because uh, I saw, you know, uh, Mickey Huxtable play in 1942, and, you know, he did it pure, even though there was no black players on the field. (laughs) You know, it, it, it just really feels like they're just you know, uh, gatekeeping this. And I hate to man explain it like this, but, uh, um, I, um, it's really selfish just because bonds was a dick to the media. Cause they were a dick to him and a dick to right. his father. And so he had a grudge against them and he didn't want to be nice to them. And there's no part of the job description that says you have to be nice to the media. He came in, did his job better than anybody else in the history of baseball and he's not going to be recognized amongst, you know, fucking Dick Allen who hit like 295. And that's the reason why he's in the fucking hall of fame. Yeah. And, um, another thing, obviously a lot of the attention is on bonds, which he is the greatest hitter that I've ever watched play. Um, besides, you know, Kike Hernandez in October. Right. Um, but, the the other thing is like, dude, Clemens, he dominated in three different decades. Like, yep. dude, the friggin' eighties, the nineties, and the two thousands. He was good in every single one of those decades. Like, he had some down years, sure. But I mean, the guy was for one, just looking at his career with the Red Sox alone, the eighties and the early nineties, was a Hall of Fame career enough. Then what he did in Toronto was awesome. And then New York and then Houston. All those years pitching into his 40s, I mean, the guy was a, a, just a maniac, superstar. And steroids can't, steroids can only do so much. Like, maybe, maybe did, did steroids help McGuire hit an extra 10 bombs? Probably, yeah. Did they help Roger Clemens pitch effectively into his 40s for yeah. four different teams in two different leagues and win multiple Cy Youngs and an MVP? No, that's fucking absurd. That really is absurd to think that. No, and the main reason why guys take steroids isn't really to, you know, get more buff or strong. You saw that, you know, with some of the guys like McGuire and Sosa. But the main reason you do it is just to recover quickly. It's, you know, just to make you feel better after, you know, a long 
162 plus spring training plus October baseball if you're lucky enough it takes a toll on you and I mean it's understandable that you know a guy you know especially before 2004 when you kind of knew what a steroid was you kind of thought it was just a needle in the ass like what fucking A-Rod did um (laughs) but like you know it comes in creams it comes in pills it comes in like flaxseed oil of your Gary Sheffield and uh, <laughs> uh, all different types of things. Fucking deer antler spray is banned, and you know new things get banned every year. You're buying them over the counter at GNC, like probably David Ortiz did, and you don't think twice about it. Yeah, no, I mean it really is. They're, they're, and, and they were testing for so many different things. So who knows what it was for? Um, but all I know is it just it really is a shame that guys like Bonds, guys like Clemens will. Probably never get in, but he, they could. With what is it, the uh, modern it's game the, ballot it's or the veterans committee? Yeah, so they'll be placed on various ballots throughout until they get in, really. So the next one that they're eligible for is uh, next year is called the modern day ballot, which uh, examines players like from the 1990s to now, essentially. So it would be surprising if they wouldn't be on at least. Uh, that ballot of like a short list of voters. I'm not exactly sure how it's chosen, but they'll get their chances. They'll be on, you know, uh, older ones whenever they get a chance as well and everything. So I really do think it's actually a matter of when and not if they got in. And I think MLB just made itself look bad by not putting them in the correct way. And now they're going to have to be backed in and it's going to create even more of a controversy really for the rest of the history of baseball. Right. Oh, this is something that'll be talked about, Jesus, till they die, really. I mean, it's a, it's just a shame altogether that they're not in. And if they do get, having to get in that way, it's just like, dude, come on. Like, that's just gross. But I know people, you know, like we've mentioned, you know, with the, uh, the Shaughnessy's and, you know, other baseball writers, they, you know, sometimes think they're just God and, you know, uh, this is the, this is pretty much what happens. This is, that's, yeah. that's the bitch of it. So, yeah. Um, speaking of God and, uh, guys that are already in Cooperstown, um, I, I think we are going to check up on Jason Dominguez this episode again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to talk about it later, but I mean, okay. So the only, uh, the second active hall of fame or shout out Sandy Lone and uh, section 10, uh, yeah. but, um, is uh, Jason Dominguez with two S's. Don't forget to put in the second S. Yep. Because uh, yeah. otherwise you're racist. Um, and then, at, so despite making it into the Hall of Fame, he jumped from like the number one prospect in baseball into like the 90s with, and uh, just with one season of actually people <sighs> seeing him live in person, they're like, oh, never mind. <laughs> We can't really just take him off the list. They'll notice, but we're gonna bury him down deep in the nineties. Yeah, you really, you really do have to love it. It is, uh, it, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to see. And I, and like I said last episode, I think this is gonna, like, if he is a bust, this will do Yankees in, Yankee fans in. Like, this is gonna a lot of you're just gonna see a lot of guys just disappear. Like, right. they're just be gone. Well, there are. That's that's the wildest part. We did call it two episodes ago, yeah, and right. it's actually on a faster track than we even imagined. He might be in the KBO by 2023 at this point. Yep. <laughs> so did not another Sox podcast. Uh, where are we? The demise of uh, Jason Dominguez. Yeah, it's his own demise. We didn't do anything. <laughs> we just we just saw it coming. I think we should try to maybe 
predict that um, Jeter Downs will be good because I think we we called that Jason Domingo is going to be bad. Yeah. So I think Jeter, Jeter Downs is going to be a superstar. Yeah. yeah. I think if we call that, that that should should come to fruition. We'll call it right I, I now. It's gonna, yeah. It's going to do him really well having no pressure on him whatsoever now. Like, because the Red Sox are, you know, probably going to sign somebody to, you know, make a splash and he can stay down in Worcester for however long that he needs to. And, you know, just really be the best defensive jeter in baseball history. Um, I mean, just given that he is uh, above 100, negative 161 defensive run saved, he already is. So um, I'm really excited that, uh, you know, he can literally just hit at all. That's right, Jack. Um, I want I want to applaud uh, I want to applaud you uh, for for that and uh, for his his demise. That was big. And uh, I also wanted to mention you did uh, you did tweet uh, earlier today. I think on uh, on the NASP account that the Yankee fans were actually um, already uh, doing the hypothetical trades with uh, Miguel and Duhar. Yeah, I mean. Uh, uh... It feels like Groundhog's Day. I've seen this one before. I mean, it's just <laughs> literally every single day you wake up, you refresh Twitter, and it's just like, okay, uh, we're going to trade Miguel Andujar, uh, Luis Heel, and this fucking, you know, 27th-ranked Yankees prospect for, you know, Byron Buxton and, you know, Josh Hader. Named later. Yeah, J- Josh Hader. <laughs> it, it really just feels like I'm living the same nightmare over and over and over again. And like I wake up in the middle of the night with a cold sweat. And then <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm actually living or not. And uh, it's, it's a then, whole thing. And then you see the hat man. And then yeah. I see the hat man. <laughs> let, let me just say let me just say this. It, it's um we're, we're recording this on a Friday night. We're, we're expecting to get hammered with a blizzard tomorrow. So if you're anywhere in New England, you know that. My biggest fear about the blizzard is Yankee fans are going to be stuck inside with access to a computer, Twitter, a phone. The hypothetical trades tomorrow are going to be off the freaking chain. Oh my I God. wonder how many times Miguel Andujar is going to get dealt tomorrow during this blizzard yeah he is he dude he's just gonna be he's gonna be traded for every player in the major leagues tomorrow and i can only imagine some type of like marvel universe like multiverse where all these trades do happen and like a different reality where uh, miguel andujar is on every single team and uh mlb and on like the carousel team down in the dominican (laughs) republic and you know just like in south african cricket and shit like that so i think miguel andujar is really almost like the spider-man of uh mlb right now in the way that there's just so many different versions out him and different so many different realities yeah there's a um, universe out there where miguel andujar was dealt for lebron james and he is currently a laker and lebron is a yankee there out there it exists somewhere and now Miguel Andujar has uh, part ownership in the Red Sox. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and the, and our Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes, that's right. Yep, that's right. M- Miguel Andujar sold to the Boston Red Sox to fund Broadway musical No No Nanette. <laughs> uh, Miguel and- Andujar kills his wife in a fire. <laughs> Yeah, lights wife on fire. 
<laughs> Babe Ruth, shout out, scumbag. Yep. Shout out yeah. to the biggest scumbag in baseball history. I can't Babe. believe he's in the Hall of Fame. Dude, and that video of him like teaching pitching to kids the oh, other day God, on, Jack, that was so on Twitter. Yeah, like literally, it is absolute slop. Like, I can't believe people actually think like players from that time period could play in any generation today whatsoever. They would get train rolled. And if you put like fucking Jacob deGrom against like the 1932 uh, murderers row, he's going to throw a no hitter every single time. <laughs> Right. But I will say, though, Babe Ruth does deserve some credit because he was so much better than the rest of the league. And like there was nothing stopping the rest of the league from being that good. So like now, Babe Ruth, he would probably hit like 210, maybe like 16 bombs. Right. And he would he probably might be like a triple A player. But like everyone else back then could have been as good as he was. One year he had more home runs than the entire rest of the league. Like, I mean, like that's incredible. Like you, he's he was truly amazing, but I mean now he would get smoked, dude. I also, feel like that, no, that, yeah. also real quick, no, no, like they they say that like the Cooperstown right to get into the Hall of Fame, they take character into consideration. Well, clearly not because I'm not saying that Babe Ruth doesn't deserve to be in because he's one of the greatest baseball players of all time, but he has a whole shrine in Cooperstown and he lit his wife on fire. <laughs> People forget. He has a whole shrine. Yeah. And people forget he was just kind of a general asshole, too. Like, most of the players back then that, you know, did, saw someone who had different skin pigment and were just like, you're different than me. So uh, I think all those guys should be banned. Yeah. Yep. It, which also kind of brings us to Kurt Schilling as well. <laughs> yeah. He, he yeah. did fall off the ballot. I think it's... For the best, I hope he makes it in on one of those veterans committees. But that would have been an absolute shit show to actually see him give that speech at Cooperstown. Oh my god, I can only imagine what I would have paid money to see it though. Would have been great TV. Would have been great TV. Yeah, I just obviously he just he's just too over the top. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that video, Jack, that of uh, that you were mentioning of Babe Ruth uh, showing the kids how to how to throw different pitches. Uh, pretty much reminded me of, you know, when we went through our, uh, you know, Garrett Cole and how he just spoke like some, you know, 1950s, like, you know, uh, owner, or like manager from like a, um, a diner, some diner. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, that's literally how Babe Ruth was talking to the kids. He's like, hello, kiddos. Y'all soon going to see, teach you how to throw a curveball. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, what? It was just, it was, I was like, was Babe Ruth, was that Garrett Cole? Yeah. Yeah. Garrett Cole and Babe Ruth, a lot of similarities. Both scumbags. Yep. Both that talk like they're from the again. 1930s. This falls into the Marvel multiverse where he was just went through some portal like Captain America or frozen in time. And then he came back now. And uh, that really just uh, explains everything. Except he's a villain. He's he's not a hero. Yeah. No. Right. Right. For sure. Uh, <laughs> um we we did uh, we did have our boy get in uh, David Ortiz, big poppy first ballot. Um, you know, uh, the only one to get in the Hall of Fame. So, um, shout out to David Ortiz. Obviously, legendary career with the uh, with the Red Sox and uh, and Minnesota Twins and Minnesota Twins. Um, 
but yeah, shout out to Big Poppy. Um, you know what? A, what a career, um, and very well deserving of of getting into the uh, getting into the Hall first ballot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, a lot. You know, a lot can be said. DH. You know, didn't didn't know if he was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I knew he was going to be a Hall of Famer, but um, obviously only being a DH. But just clutchest hitter of all time. Um, the one of the most feared hitters when he was hot and five 500 plus home runs 541 home runs um, just an unbelievable career so much much deserved no and i mean you guys kind of touched on it i think it does do him a justice of actually being a first ballot hall of famer because you know a lot of guys do end up making it in kind of like a jim rice on his 15th year or something but to have that first ballot on kind of makes you in the upper echelon of already the top 0.1% of baseball players in history, not even. So to have that, you know, extra honor is very much deserved for him, especially, you know, like you guys were mentioning, all the home runs, all the postseason heroics, and not only that, but what he really meant to the city of Boston, especially after 2013 and 2004, uh, bringing that championship here. So um, th- that all really ties into, you know, his Hall of Fame a resume and i'm glad you know a lot of voters probably took that into consideration yeah no for sure and um <clears throat> i feel like it, david ortiz is like one of the he just pretty much epitome um he is boston you know what i mean like he is you know he's that uh he's that hard-working guy blue-collar guy um you know came up through the ranks um, you know, when, when Minnesota, you know, um, dealt him and then he came to the Red Sox and he, he ended up being, you know, one of the clutches, one of the you know greatest Red Sox in history. Um, so it's really great to see him get that, uh, that first ballot honor. So, uh, you know, and shout out to David Ortiz and really all he's done for, for the city as well. Obviously, you know, uh, Jack, you have it in your background here. Um, you know, him on, uh, you know, right after the, the marathon bombings, um, you know, that speech that he gave, um, you know, to the Fenway crowd right before the game, um, you know, just, uh, a, a really a, a moment that still gives you chills. Um, and that's really who, uh, David Ortiz was. So it's really awesome to see him get in the hall and, uh, and have that first ballot honor as well. Yeah. And, and the game today has just been, I don't want to say watered down with, um, with like just the, the idea of just trying to be good over the course of 162, right. Which is like the idea. It's how you build a team, like get, get a team that can be good, like, you know, over the course of 162 and like, just get guys that get on base. Well, like, that's great. You know, that I think that's a really good winning formula. I think that's a really good place to start. But you got to have guys that will do it uh, at when the, the, the moment is the biggest. You got to have guys that will drive in runs. And you got to, you know, base runners are great. But if you don't have guys that will uh, literally get them home, then um, yeah. base runners are useless. And Ortiz was the guy that was great with runners in scoring position in the small moments, in the big moments, and, of course, in the huge moments. Um the, I mean, the, the moments that really defined his career were the big moments on the field and off the field, like with the speech, um, like with the, the grand slam against Detroit, the walk-off home runs, you know, in the playoffs or the walk-off hits in the playoffs against the Yankees. I mean, those are the moments that really define him as an athlete. And he's exactly what Boston needed at the right time, not only on the field, but off the field as well. Yeah, and that 2013 playoff run, 
gross. Gross. Oh. What he bat over like six hundred. It was crazy. Yep. Yep. In no, the World 688 Series. Six eighty eight in the World Series. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why you keep throwing anything even remotely over the plate to him. It was just yeah. unbelievable what he was able to do. And that was the thing. It was like Mike Mike Matheny, um, I don't think he like he, he just they they finally came around to like walking him. I think it was like game five or something like that. It was the yeah. game before they went back to Boston. And they finally like wa- intentionally walked David Ortiz. I was like, dude, stop throwing him the baseball. Same thing, Joe Torre, 04, stop throwing him the baseball. I mean, just like stop throwing it to him. He is going to hit everything. And like a lot can be said about, you know, saber metrics and trying to find the best value and and you know, replacement level players. And as a DH, you know, your numbers are always going to kind of be hit because you automatically, I think you automatically get like negative 1.5 war if you're a DH. Like you just start out that way. That's that I think that's how it works. Correct me if I'm wrong. Despite it being, you know, position in MLB for 50 years where you're not really hurting your team. It's part of the lineup. I never understood that about, you know, the formula. But um, even, you know, despite losing tons of points on defense for his wins above replacement, it was still 55.3, which is an amazing career. You know, some other guys might have similar wins above replacements, but I don't think that should be you know, the benchmark of what you use to determine who's a Hall of Famer and who's not. It's a number, but I don't like people like, oh, he has a 60 war. He deserves to make it to the Hall of Fame. I, I think that's lazy uh, in a way, even. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, there's some there's a lot of things that Ortiz did that you can't measure with a calculator and you can't, you know, you can't see on a stat sheet, but they were incredibly important. Also, though, 500 home runs, that should be an automatic ticket to the Hall, no matter what. If you hit 500 bombs, you should get in. And not only that, like, it wasn't like he was, like, a Mark uh, McGuire-type-esque player. He hit over 600 doubles. He hit more doubles than he did home runs. So he was just a good hitter at the end of the day. And with Boston, I mean, he hit 290 over a 14-year career. I mean, batting average really isn't a good benchmark anymore but even a 386 on base and a 570 slugging like over the course of an entire career that's just unbelievable consistency and i mean even that last year in 2016 finished sixth in mvp voting he had a six he led the uh, entire american league in ops and doubles rbis and still hit 38 home runs and I mean, like, he really just put it all on the line. There's some seasons that might not be as good as others, like 2012 or uh, even 2011, but, like, he still just was unbelievably consistent. For sure. And and, and also, I mean, 2016, if he even played, like, first base half of the season, he probably would have won MVP. But winning it as a DH is just so hard to do. I mean... It's really almost impossible. But he, I mean, he finished sixth. He could have easily finished first if he played the field. Like he would have probably finished first. And he should have won the MVP award in 2005. Um, He lost to known steroid user and cheater Alex Rodriguez, who is a completely different case than David Ortiz. And people lumping Ortiz and even Bonds and Clemens and Sheffield into the same conversation 
again, it's just very lazy and you're not actually telling the story of what happened at all. You're just saying, you know, oh, um, you know, I'm only going to vote for really who I want. Right. I, I did. I think you said you said 2005. I think you meant 2006. Uh, he did finish second in uh, MVP voting in 2005. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. He finished third in 2006. Oh, okay. Because I knew 2006 was his home run year. So, wow. So, okay. So, yeah. in 2005, he finished second behind A-Rod. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I, was, I was looking at it just to double check. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Wow. A-Rod had a 9.4 war that year. Holy shit. And he also had several needles in his butt. Yeah. Dude, what a year, though, for Mayrod. Holy fuck. Yeah, it's un- that's unbelievable. That's insane. 48 bombs. Jesus. Yeah. Well, yeah. Manny finished fourth that year. That was a well, good offensive year. Yankees had four guys in the top ten. Jesus. <laughs> you remember how crazy that whole, like, A-Rod biogenesis scandal was in 2013, though? No, oh, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. That was <clears throat> like, not only were like the Red Sox just like the team of destiny that year, but like adding on to that dumb Yankee scandal of him just completely denying everything despite mountains of evidence is just probably one of the funnier kind of funnier things looking back in MLB history. And um it's you know, funny to see that he was actually punished and everything ended up coming out that He's an absolute scumbag, but um, yeah, it's so uh, great looking back. Oh, oh yeah. for sure, for sure. But he, but Jack, he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know what no, he was taking. No idea. He, he didn't know what he was taking. He was just taking stuff that uh, his buddy was giving to him. That, that's all. That's yeah, all it was. His buddy Anthony Bosch. Yeah, Anthony Bosch. Good guy too. Yeah. Oh, good. No, he's he's. He, Anthony Bosch has never done anything wrong in his life, and uh, he he's a known, uh, you know, like you said, good guy. Hashtag good guy. Good guy, yeah. Anthony Bosch. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame above A-Rod even. He's contributed more. Right. Right. No, I think he should get on the ballot. You think he's getting on the ballot? Uh, I think same thing. It's going to be after he be one of those veterans committees and he's going to you know, have to backdoor his way in. They'll, right. they'll try to make it hush-hush, but he'll, they'll, he'll they'll get him in. They'll, don't maybe worry. maybe they'll make a uh, shrine for him like, uh, like Babe Ruth. I think he might have his own wing even of the uh, Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of where they have like the gift shop. They'll just move that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jack, have you, ever, uh, have you ever been to, been to Cooperstown? Oh, I've been several times, yeah. And I've done the same thing that um, uh, where, you know, you just leave at 5 o'clock in the morning and come back at midnight. But um, I think we were even talking about possibly going down for uh, David Ortiz's uh, induction ceremony. And Yeah, uh, no, we're, we're uh, lining up an interview with him and everything. We're, we're talking to him, at, you know, right now. And, you know, we'll, we'll get him on, you know, when, when we're yeah. up there. I would like to talk to him. That'd be cool. But Yeah. I'm yeah. just... Uh, Chopping it up with, with Ortiz, not a big deal. Yeah, maybe we can even get, you know, some of the other Hall of Famers that are in, like Dennis Eckersley, or like right. Wade Boggs, you know, two guys yeah. on my list. Yeah, or maybe Pedro. like a Harold Baines. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get Pedro uh, in there. Jason Dominguez, he'll be there. He's getting, yeah. 
Yeah. He's one of those guys where, you know, he's already been in Cooperstown, but he goes back every year to welcome in the uh, new generation of uh, uh, Hall of Famers. Yes. That'd be great to have. That that would be great to have uh, uh, to have Dominguez in there. Yeah, well, he's he he's a yeah he's in the Hall of Fame, right? But it would be it would be great to have him on the pod. Yeah, Jason. Uh, first question: Why do you suck? <laughs> what happened to your career? Oh, uh, why did we yeah. call your demise? Yeah, yeah. How how did we know that? How did we know that? Uh, how have you gotten traded for every uh, notable player in the league? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good point that you did uh, bring up uh, earlier, LeBeau. He th- those those trade uh, those trade scenarios and those you know those mock trades are, are going to be unbelievable tomorrow. Oh yeah, tomorrow you're you're wearing for it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, like right now, like they uh, they did all their stocking, they got their bread, they got their milk. Uh, they're charging, you know, their battery packs on their yep. phones, so <laughs> yeah. uh, they don't accidentally run out of power. Well, uh, doing it in the like MLB simulator where they're trying to see like what value each player has, and uh, they're writing it down is the values, so lopsided. Right yeah, yeah, they're writing down the values right now, so they have them all in their head. They already know that Matt Olson is worth one hundred and eighteen point six, but man, Miguel Andujar is only worth twenty eight. So it, they know it's going to be a lopsided trade, <laughs> but they don't care. They're running through every possibility to get those numbers as close to even as possible. But Dude, that- I, I still remember like, well, this is like, God, this is probably like a wait, like probably like six or seven episodes ago. But um, how like we had Jack, I think you were the one that found it. That guy on like some like Yankees Facebook group that had like their whole starting nine for 2022. And it was just like the most oh, ridiculous yeah. one through nine. Like. It was like sure. every player it was like Mike Trout, like everybody. Like we're gonna have Trevor Story playing like third base, batting eighth. Yeah, Cody Bellinger was yep. was in center. Yeah. Cody off. Bellinger was on there. Yeah, yeah. Just a wild, just a yeah. wild one through nine. But that's Yankee fans, and that's why we we do love them. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's it's special with them because it's like a, a level of delusion that I don't know how they got there. It's it's part delusional and then part like entitlement too. So it's it's I very special. It's, I I do think it's entitlement. I do it's think. a lot of like, entitlement. It's to be like, like yeah. we're the Yankees. Like we can do whatever we want. Right. But like you 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 can't because like you have to trade for those most of those guys that you want. And no 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 no. I think you're missing the point. We're the Yankees. Right. Right. But we do have and do hard and not Frazier anymore. So. Uh, it's yeah, just, it's R.I.P. Nice to see. Frazier, yeah. yeah. Maybe nice they can see. throw, and maybe like, now they can throw, immediately like, shit on the Yankees right after Dude, that was hilarious. Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, and we also tweeted out today, Chad Green also hates Yankees fans. He's liking the hate that they're posting on Twitter. So, yeah, that's I mean, awesome. Um, I don't understand how that group of guys even managed to keep one turtle alive with the turmoil that's in that clubhouse. <laughs> and they didn't. They didn't. He died. He's dead. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, he's dead. Well, maybe they can throw Bronxy in, like, in like, a trade or something. Maybe. I don't know the corpse of him. Right. Sorry, one fucking person at a time. Sorry. Christ. Matt, 
What did you say? No, I was going to say maybe they can throw like the corpse of Bronxy in with like a trade tomorrow. Yeah. That's got a lot of value. Yeah. Bronxy. And I I just can't imagine how many turtles they're going to go through next year just to keep up with the ruse of, you know, Bronxy still being alive despite, you know, each one being a CIA deep state actor um, (laughs) that, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, Hillary Clinton hired for her child army. I hope to God they're not playing the Brewers, man, because they'll be going through uh, they'll be going through Bronxies like it's not like it's their job. Yeah, Hillary Clinton. Hunter Renfro sucks the life out of those baby turtles. <laughs> Wayfair ships gig. baby turtles. <laughs> Bronxy gate. <laughs> <laughs> We, you heard it here first. No, we, we've been predicting the future, so this is probably uh, actually going to happen. Um, but, yeah, no, it, this is going to happen. We're, we're predicting it right now. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. One player that um, the Yankees will not sign, though, is uh, Seiya Suzuki, who, um, despite not being able to talk to teams, is apparently closing in on some of them. So we'll see. Yeah, um, I, I've obviously the the rumors surrounding the Red Sox have been crazy, but um, I've also I've heard other rumors. I've heard a lot of different things. I've heard that he likes the West Coast. It does look like that if he's going to go to an East Coast team, it does look like it's the Red Sox. Right. And I think so, Koji's pushing that, too. As you guys heard, we had an exclusive like, soundbite a couple episodes ago of, uh, you know, Koji. Uh, you know, on his uh, on his show, his web show with uh, Suzuki. And I think he's, uh, you know, helping pitch in, uh, you know, he's helping uh, pitch the Boston uh, aspect of things. So I think, uh, you know, I think we have a pretty good chance at uh, making a run at him. And it, and it looks like from some of the reports, it, you know, it looks like he very well could end up in Boston, which would be great. Yeah, I think I think if I'm Heim Bloom, I'm literally showing him. I'm like, dude, we traded Hunter Renfro for a fucking 190 hitter in Jackie Bradley Jr. All because we want you to play right field. Like that's, yeah. dude, that's your selling point if you're Heim Bloom. Like, look at what we just fucking gave up. Do you, you look know at what we who got back? Hunter yeah, Renfro is. He's the killer. Have you? But 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 but, but say it. But say it. Have you seen Jackie Bradley Jr. hit? Because if you have, then you would know that now we have a gaping hole offensively <laughs> in our lineup. And we desperately need you. Like, we made this move for you. And then Haim could actually say that in Japanese. That'd be great. I know he's Jewish, but they both start with a J, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> and he could say that in Japanese. And then Suzuki will, he'll be, dude, fucking just ripping Chinese food and Asian food and fucking ramen in Boston. By dude, eight- unreal. There's some good yeah. spots, though, too. Oh, yeah, dude. Hundred percent. Not as good as Seattle. So no. If right. he's decided, yeah. I mean, like, if he's if he wants to just like be surrounded by Asian people, and he can just go to Seattle. But I mean, I don't know. There's there has not been a Japanese player that the Mariners have not been interested in in the fr- their entire franchise history. Oh, they, they have been it. in on every single Japanese player that has ever existed, even like ones that never even ended up coming over. Yeah. Which it, it makes so much sense. It's like, it's like, think about like if, if 
<laughs> like if Ireland was a really good baseball country. Yeah. Like the Red Sox would be in on every fucking Irish yeah. guy because there's yeah. so many Irish people in Boston. It's, it'd be like it's such a the low hanging fruit like to sell tickets and be like a good fit for the market. Like right. we want fucking Sully McLaughlin from fucking Dublin. <laughs> You know, here he fucking hits bombs. Dude, imagine if the Red Sox fit in perfect in Southie. Dude, imagine if the Sox actually had a guy on their team named Sully McLaughlin. It'd be fucking unbelievable. (laughs) You know how many McLaughlin jerseys you'd see? Oh, dude, unbelievable. Sully McLaughlin. Uh, What about uh, Sully Suzuki? (laughs) Sully Suzuki's at uh, You know the uh, newest Red Sox right fielder I mean we can't talk to Seiya But we can talk to Sully right now (laughs) Talk to Sully Sully. (laughs) You're gonna be in like a dunks line In the morning and be like yo kid uh, You see that dude that the Red Sox Just signed uh, Sully Suzuki Fucking Sully kid Yeah I'll take a large ice regular (laughs) Yeah with a Boston cream (laughs) Fucking Southie I think that the um, Mr. Suzuki should just get like, like all right. So when I when I was seventeen, me and my friends we all ordered like fake IDs from from Japan, and oh, they yeah. came like yeah, and they sent them to us. And dude, they were awesome. And I'm just saying like he lives in Japan. He should just like get a fake ID that shows he's just a different person, right. so the Red Sox can negotiate with him. Yeah. Ooh, I like. He that. just has on glasses and a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Saya, if you're uh, listening, um, just change your name to Sully McLaughlin yeah. and then just negotiate a deal with the Red Sox. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that, just got to find a way around the rules. I mean, dude, I think that's oh, when we when we do have merch, I think we got to sell Sully McLaughlin NAS yeah. like 100%. jerseys, dude. <laughs> 100%. Like it, it, one of two things is gonna happen. We're either gonna sign Sully, or we're gonna bring uh, Kyle back. So we're gonna have merch opportunities either yeah. way here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And somewhere in the multiverse, we sign both back, and uh, everything is awesome. <laughs> yep. And Miguel Andujar is a Red Sox. Yeah. No, that that doesn't happen in any universe. Because we we don't want to give up our best player. Yeah, but no, in some universe, the Yankees traded Yankees fans traded Miguel Andujar for Xander Bogarts. So I disagree. Yeah, Sorry. but that means the Yankees have Xander Bogarts then. Yeah, in some universe, they probably do. Yeah, that's the darkest timeline. <laughs> and Bronchi's still alive in that that universe. That's yeah, the upside it... down. <laughs> and Australia's right side up. <laughs> oh shit shout out sully mclaughlin say shout Suzuki. out sully dude we gotta have him on the podcast at one point sully yeah, absolutely have koji be the interpreter or yeah. uh you know we'll use our own interpreting skills since we're all masters in japanese now yeah exactly we gotta learn japanese yeah yeah well we'll pick it up we'll pick it up I think we'll just pick it up just from kind of talking about. Just from yeah. talking to Sully. Yeah. 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 We'll yeah. start watching anime with the subtitles off. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the best way to, to really to learn is, is by doing that. I think that's that's perfect. Yeah. Anime porn. I mean, anime with no subtitles. 
Yeah. We're going to learn the word word for tentacles very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So I think Uh, um, we actually are uh, progressing on labor talks a little bit, though, for like the first time in two months. I wish I could just take a two month break where I don't do anything at all like MLB did. Um, and, you know, I think they really just got bored and that's why they actually started negotiating now. Uh, real quick, if I could just back up, I, you, you mentioned that you said you wish you could take a two month break where you don't do anything. Sir, you work in uh, hockey. That's called June and July. Um, so that actually exists for you. Just wanted to let you uh, know. Actually, that existed for an entire year. It was called 2020, and I was losing my mind. So I, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are progressing, though. So some good news. It. Uh, I don't know the details. I, I don't think that, like, if you're listening to this podcast by now, you probably, like, know, like, where the, the, the MLB and the Player Association is a part on. Like, if you... Or if you are, you just don't care. And I got to be honest, like, I don't care, like, what they're far apart on. I just know that, like, they're far apart on some things and they're kind of coming together on others. But no deal yet. So I think the good thing is that they're talking. Um, you know, they're, they're having meetings. They're they're talking things out. And it looks like they kind of know the topics that, you know, they're, they're far apart on and the topics that they agree on. So... Um, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, in the next, you know, couple of weeks here, um, you know, the, the, the things that they are, you know, pretty far apart on, they can, you know, narrow that gap and hopefully get a deal done at some point. So one thing I didn't even realize is we are still going to have spring training because spring training still goes on for minor leaguers. So it's going to look different, but we're still going to have, you know, pitchers and catchers reporting and we're still going to have. Uh, you know, uh, actual games going on. So um, it will be, you know, kind of interesting to see where MLB players kind of fit in with all of that and, you know, how it's going to affect their season, kind of like how uh, we've mentioned a few times in the past before. But, um, you know, we are kind of knocking on that door now. I mean, um, we're only a few weeks away. We're about to hit uh, February here. Um, you know, basically once the Super Bowl is over, that's baseball season. And it's only what, two weeks away now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, let me, let me ask you this. If I'm Sully, right, and I, I like already picked my team and I know which team I'm going to and I haven't maybe worked out a contract with them, like worked out the details, dude, like I'm just showing up to spring training, like with the minor league players. I'm just showing up like, yeah. I'm just dropping bombs, and I'm like, I know I'm going to sign with this team. Like, it's not done yet. It's not official. But what are they going to say? Like, no, Sully, you can't come on. You can't come in JetBlue Park. Like, you got to no, train with the I don't, minor league. I don't, like, no. I don't think the league would uh, would say no to Sully, um, you know, coming to JetBlue, um, you know, no. ripping it up, ripping it up in Florida, yeah. Fort Myers, you know, um, you know, just – uh, getting bitches and, and dropping dropping bombs at JetBlue. No. And, and uh, so, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. So I think, yeah, I think it's going to be somewhat of like a Rudy type of situation where, you know, they put him on the team, but he's always on the bench. He never gets a chance to come into the game. And you just hear JetBlue Park go, Sully, Sully, Sully. 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 
And then, you know, he comes out bottom of the ninth and he hits a home run to win a meaningless game. And the crowd goes wild. And that's basically the closest that, yeah. you know, he's ever going to get to the major leagues. But that one moment meant so much to him. The crowd starts going crazy and then shipping up to Boston starts playing. Yeah. <laughs> Sully, the Irishman. Oh, what a, what Callum a Scott comes out and he's singing Dancing on My Own. <laughs> <laughs> he actually does take Sully home. Yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? I guess yeah. that was there. Yeah. Also, Sully by the is, way, Sully is the guy that Callum Scott is coming home with, actually. Yeah. No, exactly. That is Sully. See, that song was written for Sully. Yeah. Yeah. People forget. Yeah. Shout out Sully. Please come. Yep. <laughs> uh, so it hasn't been a little while so uh, since we've done the uh, look upon a former Sox year. Uh, so hopefully we get something out of the early 2000s this time. Um, so that way we might be able to shake it up a little bit from uh, where things have been before. Yeah. Let's do yeah. it. Let's I, do as it. long as you don't get 01. That's the only thing. Because 03 was an awesome yeah. year. And yeah, and we already so did, uh, we got. Yeah. I'm sorry, oh, go sorry, ahead. I demand interrupt. No, go ahead. Uh, yeah, we did get Not the best once. team ever to exist in the 2011 oh, Red Sox. Oh my god, this is gonna be a fun one. The chicken and beer socks. Yes. So I, I think we should start at the beginning of the season. Uh, and kind of progress how it went because it was one of the more rem- memorable years in Red Sox history, not for the right reasons, but that um, uh, uh, should be a good one. Oh, I mean, well, this team steamrolled everyone. Like they were, uh, it was like dude, they were on the way to a World Series. Like they were, there was no stopping this team from, you know, April to August. It was just unbelievable. Firing on all cylinders. Adrian Gonzalez, MVP type year. Um, just an awesome, awesome year for the Sox. And yeah. then it all fell apart. But yeah. Well, if I remember correctly, that team started off pretty bad. They like got out of the gates kind of stumbling a little bit. They were, I yeah, think, they started on the road, kind of like we have in years past. And then they really found their footing. They were the best team in baseball for five months out of the year. It was just the yeah. first and the last month. They were the worst. Yeah. They had yeah, some they pinks a, early in the year, but like we really, want a six game skid to start the year. Yeah. But that's like, and then they do, they quickly snapped out of it and then they were just steamrolling everyone in the summer. Yeah. No, I think that was actually the first time I went to Yankee stadium was in uh, 2011 against the Red Sox. Uh, Josh Beckett uh, pitched an absolute gem that game. I remember that. And, like, it really felt like we were on top of the world. Like, nothing could go wrong. And, you know, we're going to make the playoffs. And this could be the best team ever. Yep. 2011 was what uh, we want. What what, uh, 2018. 2011 should have been what 2018 was, given the roster. This was... By far the the most talented Red Sox roster besides, I would say, 2018. Or, yeah, I don't I mean, know, 09. 09 was, was, was very, very good. Yeah. 
Well, let's go through that lineup of uh, 2011. You had Salty, Agon, Pedroia, my favorite player, Marco Scudero, Kevin Euclid at third, everybody's favorite, Carl Crawford, Jacoby Ellsbury, J.D. Drew, and David Ortiz as, you know, your regular lineup. Yeah, so, I mean, I, that team, there's no weaknesses. Yeah, that, and that, I know you did, the, like, the one through nine for positional, but, like, the, the, the way that offensively lineup worked out was Ellsbury leading off, you know, Pedroia batting second, and then you had a slew of guys you could bat third. Any one of those, like, four, Crawford, Euclid, Gonzalez, or Big Poppy, you know, you could bat any of those guys third or fourth. So, I mean, that team really was just stacked. And athleticism, too, I mean, you had the three-headed monster speed-wise of Ellsbury, Pedroia, and Carl Crawford. I mean, you just didn't have that type of athleticism. Then you had Gonzalez and Ortiz, driving in runs and i mean just no that team really was so dynamic and so fun to watch and just such a shame such a shame it all no and i mean down yep that team was kind of if they were almost like an icarus where they flew too close to the sun and it all ended up crashing and burning for them and you know it really came it, that September specifically that you know everybody remembers with all the clubhouse chemistry and just how awful awful the entire pitching staff was even you know guys like Beckett and Lester and um Clay Buckles were even struggling then um and then of course you had John Lackey with uh-huh. a 641 ERA the entire season that uh, shouldn't have been pitching he was hurt he was just hurt at the end of the day and needed Tommy John. But, yeah, uh, I remember hating John Lackey more than just about any other player at any yeah. other point in my Red Sox uh, fandom at that point. And, and at the end of the day, I think that year, the end of that year, ruined a lot of guys' um, careers with the Red Sox. I think that um, after that year, you know, Crawford and Gonzalez, they were permanently damaged. I don't think they could bounce back. Obviously, you saw it in, you know, 2012 being dealt. um, And then Beckett as well. And those were the three that, and they got dealt the year after. So it it was just like, that was the nail in the coffin. But but all great players in their own right, just, I mean, Crawford was a disaster with the Red Sox, obviously. And sure as shit, the season ended on, you know, that, what was that, that Robert Andino line drive, uh, I was at the game. Yep. Ooh. Yep. yep. The curse of the yep. Andino so I, fucking killed us. I, I remember that game almost too much in detail. So, you know, it was a uh, late September game, Baltimore, a little bit rainy. There was actually like an over hour rain delay in that game. So it didn't even finish until uh, beyond midnight. You know, Jonathan Papathon comes in with what is it? A four to two lead. He gives that up and then just gives up that base hit to Andino. Crawford should have just played it on a hop, kept him at third, or even thrown him out at home. So that entire game kind of epitomized what that season felt like and just how soul-crushing it was. Right, and I think if you looked at the percentage chance of the Red Sox had to make the playoffs in like when it was like the eighth inning, I think it was somewhere like 95% because the Rays were losing to the Yankees. And the Red Sox were beating the Orioles, and then it flipped like at the exact same time. And I just remember the Red Sox losing that game, and then them flipping over to the Yankees Rays game on Nesson because they're like, "All right, well, you can watch this now," and because we needed the fucking Yankees to win. 
And sure as shit, fucking Evan Longoria, stupid fucking line drive that barely got off the ground, snuck over that half wall and left. And I just, just was absolutely distraught. And then the walk off home. So, yeah, I, I was walking out of the stadium and, you know, I'm still in utter disbelief. Like I'm uh, like 17, 18 years old, maybe. And, you know, like I just saw the worst loss in my franchise history. This is honestly just as bad as Aaron Boone's walk off in 03 or Bucky Dent's home run in 1972 or whoever gives a shit. Um, like that was as bad of a feeling as you're ever going to feel as a sports fan. And then walking out after that, you just hear like their foghorn of that they use for their home run. And you just, it just got even worse somehow. And like, you know, you're wearing full Red Sox gears, hearing it from fucking Orioles fans, making fun of you right in your face. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And, and Orioles fans, they loved it because the only thing they could ever do was just play spoiler. Like right. that was all. And that was like their season. And they actually got into it that year, like spoiling it for the Red Sox because dude, they were like inundated with Red Sox fans, obviously year after year, especially like the, the years prior when the hype train was just around the Red Sox. And I mean, people would travel to Camden Yards. And it was like Fenway South. Obviously there's still a ton of Red Sox fans that go, but yeah, it's died down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the only time, honestly, recent memory, I think I, I would say that I haven't been that upset about a game. So, uh, the, the, the only one that I could say that kind of like compares to it is that um, this, the Yankee game this past year, the Aaron Judge dropped third strike and then the fucking double and, um, you know, the then Giancarlo home run. Like that was that game. Like, dude, I almost had to be admitted after that game. I had to fucking, dude, I just left my house. Also at that game. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I was, I was at both of these games. I, my season uh, ticket should be revoked. Yeah, they should be. I literally, I, I just left my house. Like, my girlfriend was like, dude, you can't just leave at like 11 o'clock at night and like just walk around the, the neighborhood. And you're like, you live in Providence. I was like, I, I just had to leave. I was like, I, I mean, nothing worse can happen to you than that. I mean, you could get stabbed and it wouldn't even be as bad. 100%. I literally had to walk it off. I was so fucking angry. And then I have like a bunch of Yankee fan friends. And I was like texting me like, haha, fuck you. Like, and fuck, dude, it was that was that was the closest thing. But then, like, I don't remember that that much. I don't remember that yeah. pain because that got all washed away with them coming back, beating their fucking asses in the wildcard game. And then, you know, beating the the Rays and the, the ALDS. But with 2011, you know, that sticks with you. And then you have the next year, 2012. The very next thing after that is you win 66 games. And it's just like, <laughs> fuck. So you're even missing the part between when the season ended that entire collapse and everything happened with the chicken and beer gate yep. and uh, Francona leaving and... Um, uh, why am I blinking on the name? Um, the GM leaving. Theo. Theo. Yeah, Theo. I don't know why I was blinking there. And Theo leaving. Like, this was literally worst case situation in terms of being a Red Sox fan and having to deal with just so much shit after that. Yep. And, you know, um, I even heard John Lester say, you know, look, a little while ago, you know, looking back now, you know, 
you can't you want to see your guys having chicken and beer together. That's what fucking dudes do. Like you're watching baseball. It's your day off. You're not pitching. Like it's like they're, you know, being villainized because of the result. But like if that comes out and you know they make the playoffs and even if they don't win the World Series, nobody cares. It was only a story because Because of the the way that they finished. Right. Right. Yeah. And people were looking for excuses. Dude, it the 2014 they were like the idiots the lovable idiots dude they were fucking the the shit they did in that clubhouse was probably unforgivable the shit they put in their bodies i dude if you looked at like the beginning of the the 2004 season and what they looked like from the beginning to the end like they all gained like 15 pounds dude yeah. that's just like how it is i mean and not to mention these guys do the, the chicken and beer thing these were all pitchers like i'm sorry but you don't need to be a top tier athlete to be chucking it on the mound. Like these no. guys are pros. They know how to keep their, their arm in shape. You know, Lackey was never a skinny guy. Beckett was never a skinny guy. Lester kind of like a bigger build. I mean, dude, like he, they, they don't need to be running fucking dude. Like I used to watch Mariano Rivera, like warm up before the games when the Yankees would come to town and he'd be fucking running laps around the, the stadium. Like the guy's just a, a freak, but they, dude, some, everyone's different. Like, Ever, what works right. for some is going to be different for others. And if they won, they if they won the World Series that year, people would be saying, oh, that, dude, that was so awesome. Chicken and beer, dude. Chicken and beer, Red Sox, bro. Fucking world champ, selling bro. t-shirts. And yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's just like, a What do you think Wade Boggs' reaction was when there, he heard that players were drinking beer and eating chicken in the clubhouse. He's like, this is literally how I based my entire goddamn career, yeah. and I'm one of the best contact hitters of all time. Right. It really. Honestly. No, I mean, uh, you bet, like, going back, like, you hear guys, you know, taking shots before games in 2004, and, like, let's say, you know, the Red Sox get swept by the Yankees, and that comes out from Dan Shaughnessy that they're taking shots before the game. That team would have been disassembled and we might've still never won a championship, but like, because you know, they won the world series, it becomes the coolest thing ever. So it really had never anything to do with what the actual story was. It was just how it was presented essentially. Yeah. Um, We do have uh, one more thing before we wrap up here as uh, promised on the Twitter, we do have, uh, the JBJ bobblehead. And if you're watching on YouTube, I have been completely replaced by Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, so uh, yeah. I'm going to do the rest of the episode as him. So we Thank got a good you, amount of traction on this. We got uh, over 80 people retweeting and uh, a lot of people who ended up uh, following us because of it. So uh, if you are listening because of that and it's your first episode, you know, just want to say welcome and, you know, yes. best of luck uh, in the raffle here. Uh, so we're using the same uh, random number oh. generator that I use for the uh, Red Sox um, uh, year counter, except I set it to 81 for the retweets. So uh, we're going to go ahead and spin it here and, you know, just count down from the retweets and uh, announce who it is on the show. Let's do it. Yep. So we got uh, lucky number 38. 38. Uh, Kurt Schilling. 38. Yeah. Shout out. 38 yep. Studios. Yep. Love it. Yep. Uh, Rhode Island's favorite. Yeah. Just One, fucking two, announce three, four, it. 5 Stop the we count. We have What? Stop the count. Stop the count. 
Stop the count. Yes. Uh, so we have Tim John here at Tim underscore John. He is a from Connecticut, unfortunately, uh, the worst state in New England, uh, which I uh, do not regret saying. Uh, he has a little bit of a uh, mixed bag here. Uh, Red Sox, uh, Giants, Bruins, and Knicks. Uh, but he does have JBJ spam account in his bio. So we are giving the uh, bobblehead to a JBJ fan here, did, which uh, I think that's is good. Very deserving. Yeah. Did he, did he follow? Did he follow? He did follow us. Actually, you know what? I'm glad I checked. He did follow us, and I actually just followed him back since nice. uh, if, if you win a raffle with us, we will follow you back. Yeah, that's that's cool. Good. So he's he's the JBJ guy. I love that. Yep, exactly. I love that he won. Nice. nice. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it, it, we, we did it in a very fair and balanced way. I know Kyle Sullivan's probably uh, wondering why we didn't just give him free shit. We're going to give you shit. Don't fucking worry, Kyle. Um, Kyle Sullivan's <laughs> in the air right now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Shout out, Kyle. Yeah. here right now. No, Kyle. Kyle yeah. just punched a hole through his drywall because his name is Kyle. <laughs> and, and chugged a Mountain Dew. Yeah. Yeah. He needs a Mountain Dew after we announced Tim John won it. Yeah. Shout Big out Tim time John. Timmy John. Not Jimmy John. Timmy, Timmy John. John. Yeah. I love that he's a JBJ guy, though. I do like that. No, that is cool. Good. I know, awesome. I know. It would have been like that's actually perfect because there was like some people on there where I saw they would just retweet any fucking promotional thing that they came onto their timelines, and you know, I wanted someone who actually deserved it. Yeah, yeah no, I'm glad Tim, Tim, uh, Tim John won it. Shout out Tim John. Yep, uh, yeah. friend of the show. Yeah, Tim now, John. yeah, now he is. With yeah, his new JBJ exactly. bobblehead, JB Jesus. That's right. Exactly. And that's a nice bobblehead. Where, where'd you get that, Jack? Uh, I got it at this antique shop in Providence here, but nice. I am a big bobblehead collector. I have a big collection because I am a uh, virgin and I have nothing better to do with uh, my spare time. So um, okay. I, I would rather, you know, collect these uh, little men in plastic form than talk to women. So um, <laughs> that this is a lifestyle what, that I've chosen. What would you say is your uh, favorite bobblehead that you have? Uh, one of the ones, uh, it was the one that the Paw Sox put out before they left. It was the Tom Brady goat one where, oh. uh, it's an actual goat throwing a football and it makes no sense for, you know, a minor league baseball team right. to be doing this, but it's still a fantastic bobblehead. Uh, it's a great one. I like that. That's awesome. But that looks like a great I one. That I like. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of promotional items, we might have to go to that June first game for the Sox and get ourselves the uh, the cowboy hats that they have going on oh, for yeah. like Country Day. Those Absolutely, are those are sick. Yeah. And uh, if we see you with a not another Sox podcast hat or any other bootleg merchandise, uh, we will uh, buy a beer for you. Uh, but we're also gonna have to, you know, give you a cease and desist and uh, probably sue you kind of like Nintendo would uh, if you did any type of Pokemon fan emulator. If we see you with a uh, Sully McLaughlin jersey, we will sue. I don't understand yeah. anything that Jack just said, uh, except the fact <laughs> that I do love um, yeah. The fan emulator completely lost me. I, I... Yeah. So uh, I'm also going to point out how brave I was to actually record tonight instead of playing Pokemon Legend Arceus. So, um, you know, I'm really dedicated to this. So you know I what, want Jack, everybody have... to know how brave I am. 
I think Dan Shaughnessy would vote you into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Just for I that. I don't, actually. You don't think he would? Nope. N- I don't want him to, because that means I'm right. If 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 he did vote for me, that means I'm Jeff Kent. Like, yeah. and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with being Jeff Kent, but Jeff Kent's you not going to make it the Hall of Fame. I want to be Barry Bond, not Jeff Kent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not that guy, pal. I want to be Mark You're Burley. Not that guy, pal. Yeah. Absolutely, I am. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm Jeff Kent. Yeah. Uh, well, shout out Tim John. Yep. For winning, yep. love that. We'll we'll uh, we'll get your uh, information and send that out to you. Yeah. You're and, gonna have uh, to listen. We're not you. <laughs> We're not just going to give it to you. Okay. You're going to have to actually claim it. All right. Oh, that's good. I like that, actually. I like that, Jack. Yeah. Jack, you got your head on straight tonight. Let me tell you. Uh, I feel like it's just so many times screwed over that it eventually got into the right spot. Yeah. When when you hear the click, that's when you know you got it. Yeah. All right. When you I see think... the hat man, that's when you know you got yeah, it. All right. Yeah. right. The, hat, the hat man got brought up. That's when the show's over. All right. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> it took 17 Benadryls. Yeah. I'm going to sleep. All right. All well, right. Uh, I think that Peace. about does it. Peace. Later, boys. Take it easy. I just came to say goodbye. I'm in the corner. Why do you kiss her? Oh.